Welcome to How We Got There. I am your host, Mike Davis, founder of Go-To-Market Guides. I interview thought leaders and founders in the Salesforce ecosystem to help ISVs learn new things to try and mistakes to avoid. This episode of How We Got There is brought to you by ISB App. ISB App is used by leading Salesforce ISVs and OEMs as the central toolbox to reduce churn, increase renewals, identify upsell potential, and close more deals. ISB App is the only plug and play solution for the AppExchange App Analytics API and provides deep product insights. The setup is easy and takes less than five minutes. Visit ISBapp.com, that's I-S-B-A-P-P.com com to learn how you can take advantage of usage data in your app today. All right, I am here with Steven Simich, who is the founder and CEO of Mowgli. Stephen, welcome. Hey, uh, great to be here. Thanks so much. Awesome. So as a fellow Coloradan, super excited to talk to you, but uh, tell me a little bit about how you found your way into the Salesforce ecosystem and uh, what Mowgli does. Yeah, I... Um... I found my way in, uh, see, it was 2009. I had left working at a company called Rally Software, who had an agile software solution and methodology that they were delivering and, and taking public and was on their internal finance team supporting that, uh, that move towards going public and internal finance reports and analysis as well as board reports. And after I left there, I had some uh, really exciting consulting opportunities and Two of those companies were Salesforce users. The first company was using Salesforce purely for sales, and I was helping them with sort of strategic planning and finance, and really got to dig into using Salesforce for data to help them sort of scale and grow their business. And the other company was where I really learned the ISV and the OEM model of Salesforce and worked with, at the time it was called AppX, which is now called Alpia. It's a company that is building a private equity VC, higher education fund management uh, software, allowing those universities and, and, and investors to manage their life cycle of uh, fundraising to investment to exit. And um, it was in that place where I really got to dig into like, how do you scale and grow a business? I was sort of a COO and a CFO and really understanding the mechanics of working with Salesforce, how to develop and build a business in that space and how you really leverage the platform to, uh, to your advantage as you, as you build and grow a business. And, and that's where we started to see a lot of patterns happen. And a lot of the clients that we were serving in the international impact sector and the foundation space we're like, this is great. We need these tools, but we also need a lot of services work. And that's actually how we got our start in 2011, delivering services to international impact investors, foundations, social ventures, nonprofits. Um, there was such an opportunity to deliver to those organizations, but the company I worked for before didn't want to pursue that business. And, uh, and that's where I decided to go for it and start, uh, and start Mowgli. And um, uh, again, really it was around... Uh, how do we serve these, these amazing organizations? How do we understand what they're doing? How do we deliver Salesforce and Ben Salesforce for their purpose? And then in the process, very specifically, start to look for the patterns. That services approach allowed us just to get in there and make some money and, and learn how to, how to do the work. And when we started to see the patterns, that's where it got exciting and like, hey, let's start to productize. And Mowgli SMS was our fifth product and the one that really stuck to the wall. And, and that was thanks to 
uh, of all things, Kenyan farmers in a microfinance and, a, and a agriculture program and uh, needing a, t- a way to text message from Salesforce to about 5,000 farmers across a pretty big geography in, um, in Kenya. Wow, what a founding story. And I had no idea that this was the fifth app. Uh, we'll have to go through the first four in another day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but from an experience perspective, just take me through like what's the best uh, program, the best go to market kind of strategy that, that y'all have put into place? You know, I, I think. <laughs> The place that that starts for me is is around really good business fundamentals. I mean, maybe this is the different different approach to the answer you know to the answer you might have been expecting. But there's a couple core philosophies and approaches that I think have been a part of Mowgli from the very beginning, and and really set the stage for I think the answer you're looking for, which is word of mouth. You know, having really good business fundamentals um, to us, team first is everything. It's not clients first really focusing on that team and hiring great people, supporting those people to be successful, finding their strengths and really pointing them on a path to really use those strengths and the things that get them excited and giving them great pathways to growth and and compensation as well as opportunity in the business. And if those folks are happy, then guess what? The clients are happy because they're getting either great products or services or just client engagement that they would hope to or expect. And and then they say, wow, I wish my other vendors were like you, Mowgli, or wow, I wish, you know, like you guys, like my, the other apps that I use could be as like stable and responsive as what we've got with you, or whether it's a partner relationship where it's like, man, I wish the other SIs or the ISVs or other partners that we work with were like you guys, because you're responsive, you care, you go the extra mile, we trust our clients with you, like it's amazing, everybody's happy in the end, you save us a ton of time. That word of mouth is gold for us because that's how we've grown the business and that's how we've really sort of expanded beyond just a certain vertical or a certain area of business. It's been through, wow, like if, if that's what you're trying to do, if you're trying to do some text messaging and, and you need the communications channel like that in Salesforce, don't waste your time. Just go talk to Mowgli. And, and we've had that story over and over again. And thanks to those amazing clients, partners, friends who, who used us and had that experience and, and were willing to share in that way to, to their sort of trusted friends and, and partners looking for a similar solution. Yeah, and it's uh, it's that that one's tough to do, tough to track. But uh, yes. <laughs> oh boy, is that uh, is that more enjoyable than spending a bunch of money on Google Ads? Yeah, we we really Google Ads is not where it's at. Um, and guess what? You got to do all those other things too. But I think that's the one that really got us where we are today and continues to keep moving us forward. And like you said, it's it's a really satisfying one because it's a great reflection of you know, hey, we're doing it right. And people see that in the industry. Nice. And in building your business, what are you most proud of? Uh, so many things. You know, I, I think uh, the fact that I still feel like a kid in a candy store doing this, like, I'm, I'm just like, I love that. This is still um, such a joy and excitement after the years of being in in the, in the experience of growing a business in, in the Salesforce ecosystem. But most proud of, really, it's it's team first, like I mentioned before. So proud of our team, so proud of the, the care that they take, the empathy that they show to each other, to our clients, to our partners, the hustle, the tenacity, the creativity in a, in a business like 
Like ours, we're growing, we're doubling sort of year over year in revenue as well as just, you know, growing our staff and keeping the culture tight and close. And when things get hard, hopefully with the great team and the right people in place, things don't get terrible. When things are going well, they could go even better because the team is open and ready for the opportunities or is willing to kind of push things beyond in, in ways that really you know, require creativity and hustle and, and hard work and everything starts there and the rest, the rest is easy. You know, I, I'm, I'm really proud of, we're not just a business, um, that a lot of our work really has major impact in the world. Uh, a lot of our clients have been working in the clean carbon space around the globe and collectively have probably offset tens, if uh, tens of millions of tons of carbon in the atmosphere. A lot of our um, other clients in the sort of education and healthcare spaces, the, the people that they've impacted, the, the health provided, like there's just an amazing range of things that are on the other side of the benefit of our, our apps and our, our tools and, and services teams work that just makes all of us feel really proud that we can do that and, you know, grow and build a great business. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's like you're able to like, I'm sure you can just rattle off customer story after customer story of amazing global things where you're enabling these unique organizations to help their clients. That's awesome. And, and you know, why not? Like I've always kind of figured, you know, I, I want what I do in a day to matter and, and a little bit of living my life for that final moment where I look back and say no regrets. And, and I think that's really important and that I can even, you know, in each day, in each moment, sort of live towards that direction of like, hey, no regrets here. And, and if I get to those moments where I start to feel that, hey, I might have a regret here, like to look at it hard and well and say, hey, you know what, I'm going to go for it here, even though like everything says don't do it or, hey, let me pull back here a little bit because that may not be the best outcome that we need right now for whatever it might be. So I think that's been a big piece of the approach to, to you know, personally is I think probably a little bit how it spills into Mowgli. Nice. And on the flip side of the coin, what's your biggest mistake to share with other founders who are listening? Being an entrepreneur, I, mean, I think that's, I think my, my, there's a few entrepreneurs in my family, so I couldn't help it. So it's in my DNA. I guess kind of like that living life with no regrets. Like I don't see that there's mistakes. I think some of those quote unquote mistakes were probably some of my best growth and learning opportunities. And some of those were the, those pivot moments, those moments where I wouldn't be here today without those. And I, I think probably, you know, if there was like one mistake, it's not like I didn't try or I was clueless to this, but I wish we could have hired the right marketing person into Mowgli a lot sooner. I think marketing into the Salesforce ecosystem is one of the most complex things I've ever experienced. And I've done some really complex things in my past private equity and venture capital days and just personal pursuits and, you know, used to race mountain bikes and, and road bikes. And there's complex things that happen in those environments. But in terms of this business, man, like that has just been a, a puzzle that I've been struggling to solve for. And it's really been around, like, get the right person in place. And so, you know, mistake, I don't know, it's, there's no mistakes there. It just, it is what it is and, and probably makes us appreciate it even more now that we have that right person in place. Boy, I wish I could have figured that out sooner. 
Yeah. And I, I think I have to ask you about this since the texting solution is, is the fifth app going to market, because I'm assuming there's a mistake or two in the first four that I'm sure you learned a bunch from. But I guess for, for founders that are like considering their first app or con- uh, trying to figure out like, hey, do I keep going on this or do I pick up my new idea? Like, how do you how did you kind of make that decision back in the day? Yeah. You know, I think there's the cool thing about technology these days and the cool thing about the Salesforce platform is that you can spin up anything pretty quickly and easily and get an MVP working. And But before you even get to that point, I, I think I learned this from the, the prior CTO of the last company I worked for. It was sort of like, we won't productize until we see something 10 times in a row. And if you have the ability to practice with something or, or see something a number of times in a row before you bet the farm on it, or spend a lot of effort and money and time on, on an unproven app or an idea, do you have the ability to, to see it a few times in a row before you do it? And that, that really set the stage of like, I need to see this happen a bunch of times before we, we really pursue this. And we had a couple of versions of an offline mobile. We had like a really early email efficiency tool that was like, and then Cirrus Insight really kind of came out and took over and it was like, never mind, we're done. Like <laughs> shut it down. We, we had a relationship tool that helps you connect the kind of clunky object oriented structure of Salesforce to have this ability to see inverse relationships very easily. That was sort of our last app that kind of withered off the vine recently. And, and I think that was the, like, each time we got into that, like I had enough pattern in place to say, hey, there's something here. Let me spend just enough time and money to advance it to the next stage. Let me get it in the hands of more people. If they can pay for it, great, even better. I can cover my costs and, and see where it grows from there. And SMS just happened to be that one that, really stuck. And as I tried it in other businesses, as we expanded into other organizations, people just kept raving about it and how it changed their business, how it changed their engagement, how it improved their ability to get information, to make big decisions very quickly with our survey functionality. You'll quickly see what works and doesn't work. And then from there, we've grown bootstrapped. We don't have outside money. We've taken a little bit of debt at the right times to just get through a a, a moment, but have been really patient to then wait and see and then bring in the right people and the right resources at time to then say, Hey, this thing's working. This thing's got legs. Like what do we need to do to take it to that next place? And, and thank God for Mowgli SMS and thank you Kenyan farmers for teaching us how to do this back in 2012. <laughs> Love that. And as an aside, kudos on doing it bootstrapped. I mean, I know there's a lot of announcements and no, no fault to anybody who's going the VC route. There's multiple ways to build a business and I've been fortunate to be a part of a few of them, but I wish there were press releases for companies like yours who chose to go bootstrapped again. Uh, year after year, because you see the big old press releases for 10 million, 50 million raised. And I'd love to give a little more light to y'all. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you. I really appreciate that. And, you know, I think that was some of my experience of being in the, on the investor side for a number of years. And, you know, A, I got the, the training and the, the sense and the understanding of how to grow and scale businesses. And I also knew that when it came time to starting this company, I didn't want to go to an investor until I had proven it, until it's like really clear that if I'm going to bet your money and my equity and my team's effort that like, we're going to have a win here. To me, that's, that was the way I wanted to do it. And yeah, we're, you know, 10 and a half years old. And so maybe it took a little longer than I would have liked, 
But we've also gotten here in a way where I have more confidence in our app, our team, our process, our market position, all those things because of that patience and because we now hold our destiny and control our destiny and we have options. And, and guess what? Like investors like that story better anyway. So is it a harder path? In some ways, yes. Am I glad we did it? Absolutely. And, and it gives us some really exciting options at this moment. And the concept of recurring revenue is the greatest thing in the world because that now gives us the growth capital that we need to be able to you know, scale and grow the way we're growing at this point. Now, I know that you talked uh, earlier about, well, you talked about a couple of things, one word of mouth being a really good lead source, and then two, yeah. wishing that you hired the right marketing leader sooner. So yeah. I will forgive you if some of the data isn't clear to you on this question. So long-winded way okay. to preference. What's been the top producing lead source for Mowgli either last year or through the years? The word of mouth. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, without getting into the specifics and percent of business that's partner driven, that's ISV versus SI versus, you know, I, you know, it's a mix of all those things. It's the app exchange, it's referrals, it's, and it's just, you know, I, I think it's, you know, it really is that place of, uh, you know, a, the ecosystem and the way it's structured where things can funnel to you through the app exchange or, you know, people sort of asking, Hey, I, I need a, I need an SMS app. Like, who do you recommend? Oh, just use Mowgli, go to them. You know, I think the, you know, getting into the specifics from a, Hey, how do you grow your ISV? We would not be here today without certain ISV partners who saw who we were early on, who saw the way we ran our business, the way we took care of our team members, the way we took care of our clients and our partners we would not be here without them and their sort of trust in us as a partner, as a peer in the industry, trying to do the hustle and make it in the Salesforce ecosystem, but also to say, hey, look, we don't want to get into the business of building an SMS app. That's You guys have figured that out and spent a long time doing it. How do we partner to make sure that our clients who need this get the best care and treatment and that you're working with us in a really good way so that, you know, those clients are taken care of and we know you're taking care of them well and we all win here. That has probably been the area where we've been able to really find kind of spikes in growth and then consistent growth through lead source. And, and that's been a place of like, A, there's some steady business and partnership that developed and friendship and camaraderie and all those other good things that come with like working with a great partner. But then also like leveraging their knowledge and industry experience to be able to catch up to them, to speak to the clients that they serve in the right way and to be a, a, a value-added partner to them, not just an app vendor. And so I, I think that's been the place that in those right moments, we wouldn't be here in education as one of our main verticals without those key partners seeing us, trusting us and trusting their clients with us. And so I'd say if, if there was like our best lead source from a very specific and sort of strategic long-term path, it's definitely been around that ISV and also the SI partnership. Obviously, the SI partnership has a little bit different flavor to it where, you know, they're really looking to make sure that their clients are, again, taken care of and that they can stay focused on the stuff that they need to do and, and know that when we work with them, we're not going to mess anything up in their implementation or hurt their client relationship or, you know, deliver a piece of junk that all of a sudden makes everybody look bad. So I think there's sort of different strategies and, and those are certainly two areas where we continue to see great growth and partnership. And it's a lot of fun to work in that space. Yeah, the ecosystem, you've touched on all the different value props of building on it, quicker time to market, the trust factor, the marketplace of the app exchange. But I mean, there's 1900 SIs out there. 
who are building a business of various sizes, implementing Salesforce. So then there's 2,000 paid apps on the App Exchange. I always estimate about 1,000 companies that have stood something up. I mean, there's a lot of folks out there that can help you all win together. And I think to add to that, one of the gifts of being on the App Exchange and being in the Salesforce ecosystem compared to maybe, I wouldn't call them so much a competitor for us, but a lot of the standalone SMS apps out there that are agnostic to platform tend to be very hyper-focused on specific industries. And we've been able to be very hyperly focused on certain industries in the ones that we serve and also quite agnostic because somebody goes on the app exchange looking for a WhatsApp uh, tool that they can use on Salesforce. And all of a sudden we're having conversations with anything from manufacturing to insurance to private wealth and mortgage to education to K through 12, I can, and we're able to, to meet new markets and new client bases and even size of clients very differently than I think if we were just that sort of standalone platform agnostic app. Nice. And did, did, do you run at Mowgli anything like OKRs or Traction or V2 Mom? We, we did not until last spring where because of our growth, because of the doubling of our really now at this point since pre-COVID tripling of our team size, we needed a better methodology to be able to manage our growth, our team, our strategy, like all, all the things that we do. And in looking for that right methodology, you know, definitely explore the V2 mom. But the one that we ended up settling on was the EOS um, system, the entrepreneur's operating system. It just fit really well with the way like I look at business and think about business the way anyone on our team, it's very easy to understand and adopt. There's not a lot of you know, education and learning. You just kind of jump in and go. And then there's just a, a ton of books, resources, and consultants who can help you adopt and, and run with the, the methodology. So I've been very happy with it. It's helped us um, really scale and grow very quickly, move through the growth pains a lot faster than we would have on our own. And then also really cut to the chase and, and focus in on what is it that matters most and how do we align our teams to pursue those things, um, either the opportunities or solve the problems in a more productive, open and, and collaborative and transparent way. And, and, and with that also meaning have the hard conversation, get through those hard conversations and come out the other side stronger than shattered. Yeah, huge fan of that. Uh, when I was at Taskray, we rolled that out. And then I've been thinking a lot about V2 Mom as well. It's a great book based on attraction. And I guess for folks that don't have any sort of methodology or organization for running the business, any advice you would offer to folks? Yeah, I think I think there's a ton of options out there. I think the hard part is there's a ton of options out there. And I, I think, you know, talk to other businesses, other, you know, if you have mentors or advisors, talk to them or their networks of people that are using different methodologies and, and find the one that fits. And, and I think the main thing is you're not going to, you're not going to choose a wrong one. And I think it's better than not choosing one and, and just go for it and, and you'll figure out what's going to work or not. But just making the decision is the first and right step and, and get working on it because it'll only help you. And if you could wave a magic wand and change one thing in the ecosystem, what would it be? Can I wave the magic wand and get unlimited waves of the magic wand? <laughs> <laughs> That's like the Aladdin, can I wish for more uh, wishes? <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to 
Can I get unlimited wishes here? <laughs> you know, like honestly, like one of them would be like, how could we reduce our carbon emissions in tech? And honestly, we're one of our key clients. Salesforce purchases and offsets a lot of their server farm carbon on them. Proyector Mirador, it's a, an organization in Honduras building clean cook stoves there. So that one's kind of checked and we're actively involved in that one. That one feels good. But in the ecosystem, boy, I wish, you know, I, I think I would wish for Salesforce to be a little more transparent and sharing in their sector and industry knowledge. There's probably a careful and good way for them not to give away that information that's obviously very important for them, but to also help us as ISVs or SIs to better serve those markets and to better engage the organizations that are on Salesforce and have certain vertical or sort of use case similarities. And in, in a way that allows us to collaborate, get in front of those organizations in the right way and, and help us both win and expand business in, in, in that space. And I think that would be wonderful. Like if I could get specific, like, can I have all the universities and the contacts at those universities that Salesforce serves right now? You give me a magic wand. I'm waving it at that, please. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, no, if Mowgli wins there, the customer wins there, Salesforce wins there, and SI, who has to implement the thing, wins there. Everybody wins. So great answer. Thank you. Yeah, it's a wish right now. So <laughs> you, you offered it, so I wish for it. Hey, Stephen, thank you so much. We're going to wrap up with the final three here. Rapid fire questions, 10 second answers. You ready to go? Go for it. All right. Who is one person or company in the ecosystem that you track or follow? I track very closely Chris Byers and Formstack. I love what they're doing, how they're doing it, um, the way they're doing it. It's, uh, it's super fun to watch their growth and trajectory and to really follow how they're navigating the Salesforce ecosystem and business at this time. What would you tell yourself day one of working in the ecosystem? It's going to take longer than you expect. Get your mentors and advisors in place sooner. Trust fall a lot more. I think there's times when I could have just gone for it. Just fall. Just go for it. Like You'll get caught. It'll happen. The mosh pit will catch you. And, and I, I think this is another one that, you know, I don't know. To me, there's a place around stay close to the people that you like in the Salesforce ecosystem, whether it's another person at another partnership or another client, like stay in touch with them. Even if they move on somewhere else, like stay close to them because you never know how they'll come back around. And there's such good people there and just stay connected to them. Totally. Love that. And what gives you energy in your personal life? You know, if when I get the chance, if I could just be lost in the woods for days by myself, I'm a happy man. And if I can do so with my kids and, and adventure in all kinds of ways, it's even better. And then like I said earlier, I'm just an absolute kid in the candy store growing Mowgli right now. I'm having so much fun. Love our team, love our clients and partners and all the things that we're getting to do. Couldn't be any more exciting. Well, Stephen, absolute delight having you. Thanks for sharing. And uh, yeah, everybody check out Mowgli, see what they're doing and give Stephen a follow. Thanks. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. And I hope you learned something from today's episode of how we got there. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. I'll see you here next time.